Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. I'm your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 70. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Jason Momoa's hair, Ridley Scott's erratic brilliance, and the inexplicable appeal of Kevin James. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. There's a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observations. Saw the Dune trailer yesterday, and holy moly, I am so in. Uh, to contextualize, I was in the second I heard Dennis Villanueva, Villanuevo, I'm not sure, he's French-Canadian, so it could be like Villanueva, I don't, I don't know what it is, it's something, it's, it's with a V, and it's long, but he's directing this movie, and he's weird, he's high-minded, he understands sci-fi, and he gets that it's sci- good sci-fi is more about asking the questions than answering them. I love him. Like, I could watch Arrival or Blade Runner 3049 all day, every day for the rest of my life. His movies are calm and eerie, and it blows my mind to think that seven years ago, he was making short films in Canada. That's crazy. And now he has, like, the biggest budget with the most absurdly stacked cast of the past five years. And he's going to use IP that is meant for, like, the top 1% of directors. I mean, his movies, if you've seen any of them, Sicario was awesome, nihilistic, dark. Prisoners I haven't seen, but here it's good. Enemy, it's Jake Gyllenhaal and his twin. I won't see it because there's a giant spider apparently somewhere in it, and spiders freak me out. But I hear it's good, but I just I can't watch a movie where there's a giant spider. Maybe I should just man up and watch it. I mean, if I like this guy so much, I can get through a spider for him. So you know what? You know what, Dennis? I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to watch that sometime in the next two to four years. So... <laughs> But uh, anyways, props to him. I mean, seven years ago, you're a nobody, and now you have a $300 million uh, budget for a movie. And like I said, this cast. Like, this cast, my God, this cast. Because first of all, you got like the No Country for Old Men starting lineup. You got Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin. And you got Han Solo 2.0. You got Oscar Isaac in full, like, good Oscar Isaac beard. When he has a big beard going, like an ex machina, I just respect him I just like him. He's got such a baby face. He needs some. He needs some roughage there. But great beard. He's in like a space futuristic war suit. I think he's like the Duke or like the King or something. I don't know. And you got up and coming actors like the A list of them. You got Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet. Is that you said Chalamet or Chalamet? I'm not sure. But he's in everything. He was in Call Me by Your Name, Little Women, uh, just a bunch of other stuff. And Zendaya was in that HBO show Euphoria. She's Mary Jane Parker. Wait, no, Mary Jane in the new uh, Spider-Man movies. She's awesome. Oh, and like you can just throw in the collective action just testosterone of Jason Momoa and Dave Bautista just for seasoning. Because, I mean, that's crazy. Like they usually lead a movie. Both of them could headline like a all-star, like should be released and be number one in the box office. They're like the sixth and seventh billing. That's insane. Because why not? Like this is like an actor gumbo. So like they're just getting, they're hitting all the spectrums of flavor. You got the heavy... Oscar award winners, you got the up-and-comers, you got the action stars, you got the supporting characters too. And of course, you got Mission Impossible, Love Interest, and overall badass, Rebecca Ferguson too, just why not? And you got character actor, God King, Stellan Skarsgård? There you go, Skarsgård. It's just like this really Norwegian name. It's the dude who got his arm bitten off in Deep Blue Sea and was a creepy math professor in Goodwill Hunting. 
you know him, I promise. I promise you know him. Like, you take a look at his face, you're like, oh, yeah, he's been in everything. He's been in everything, literally everything. You look up his IMDb, it's, I think, 587 movies. It's crazy. It's not actually 587. It's 586. So it's close. But he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's weird looking. He's creepy. He's going to be perfect for this movie. But like I said, what a wealth of treasures. And we got this weird revolutionary fighting technique happening in the movie. I think it's actually called like going weird in the Dune vernacular. That looks like nothing I've ever seen on screen. Like think Matrix level groundbreaking, but in 2020, it's like they're kind of like mirroring, like their moves kind of shimmer or vibrate. Like they're just on another level of like speed and all. So I mean, it equates to Matrix, but it looks a lot better, obviously, because 20 years in the future. And they got giant space worms. Like I'm talking like Godzilla-sized space worms in the intergalactic desert. It's like, did they look into my brain and just pick out all my favorite things? Actually, I mean, I guess intergalactic space worms really isn't giant ones. Aren't like, you know, what I want out of life. But I don't know, when I saw it like coming up through the sand, it just looked cool. I thought, I don't know what I think, tremors, I thought. And I just thought, you know, big, bad, alien, predator, sci-fi, weirdo stuff, Cronenberg. And, you know, I like that stuff. So, yeah, okay, maybe it is in my brain. Because this feels like they went into my brain and just picked this out. And, oh, my favorite part of the entire trailer, and this trailer, you know, it, it looks like it cost $11 billion to make this movie. My favorite part is uh, Jason Momoa and Timothy Charlemagne do this really cool military salute where they take these giant daggers, they're like two feet long swords, and they move them from like their shoulder, kind of at attendance, and they move them up to their forehead in this really dramatic, kind of visually soothing manner. And it's just my favorite part of the trailer. There's something, there's something ASMR soothing about it. So. Ray for Dune. Hopefully I can see it in theaters sometime in 2021. Fingers and toes crossed. Although I'll watch it at home. I don't care. I'll pay 20, 30 bucks for that. I won't pay for Milan though. I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. I've seen it before. Like I don't get these live animation of Disney. Like why do I need to see the real version of this when you animated it perfectly? I don't know. It just, and it seems like it should be in the animated world. I don't think I've seen, I haven't seen anim- the live action Aladdin, live action Lion King, live action Jungle Book. And now I'm not going to see the live action Milan. So, you know, screw you, Disney, for trying to profit on my childhood. I paid once, not paying again. (laughs) And I also, for, you know, adding to the spectrum, I saw the Adam Sandler Netflix Halloween movie trailer, which looks kind of like half little Nicky and half grownups. Looks terrible. I don't want to see it, but I'm going to see it because, damn it, if Adam Sandler is going to do a funny, childish voice, for an entire movie. I just need to be a part of it. I just need to hear him say like, whoopity-doo, you know? He's kind of mastered the role of the man-child in family-friendly movies, and it's equal parts infuriating and intoxicating. Alas, I miss busy Billy Madison. I miss Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler. But I fear we'll probably never see such a lowbrow genius in our lifetime again, so I kind of watch these hoping if I can see like a glimmer or a spot. Like, Jim Carrey in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you're thinking, oh, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. It's going to be dumb. But, like, there was glimmers of, like, mid-90s Jim Carrey, and it just, like, warmed my soul. That's what I'm hoping for for these Halloween movies. It's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I'll watch an hour and a half of schlock. Give me 10 minutes of old-school Adam Sandler. (sighs) Sad that I I feel like, you know, I'm a drug addict, like, fiending for Adam Sandler. I need that Sandler. But anyways, I've realized something by watching stand-up comedians a lot lately. Transitional phrases are not important like not in the slightest. If you confidently jump from one topic to another, the audience couldn't care less if you connected the topics. In fact, it's sometimes funnier and bolder to just kind of toss the connection all together. 
and get into random topics without any context. And I'm, I usually preface everything. I try to like, I try to like lessen the blow or transit connect things. There's a weird like OCD part of my brain where I'm like the puzzle pieces must connect. Like you must jump from this rock to the next, but you don't need that. You can just start talking. I could be like Gerald Ford. Let's talk Gerald Ford. You'd be like, okay, yeah, let's talk Gerald Ford. Although I don't know much about Gerald Ford. He went to Michigan though. So go blue. And I know he fell down some stairs once and Chevy Chase made fun of him in SNL and his wife started a rehab clinic. So yeah, I guess I know a little about him. I mean, he's one of our presidents. I hope I would know something about him. But anyways, like I said, funny and bolder to kind of toss the connection all together. Kind of gives the speaker a sense of daring, a bold agenda that has no time for dumbing down their points. Just like take my auditory hand and try and keep up. You know, it's like in Terminator, it's like come with me if you want to live, you know, that kind of thing. And I like it. Feels natural, like a warm jacuzzi of kind of positive thinking. So TV is my best friend. See, look at that. No intro, no nothing. Oh, but I prefaced it afterwards. Okay, I'll get better at this. <laughs> but at least I got through it without prefacing. Now I'm talking about how I didn't preface and taking up more time. Oh, well. Uh, lesson learned. I'll figure it out, though. Felt right, though. TV is my best friend. Now, I'm not being hyperbolic. Not sure if I'm using that right. Or metaphorical. I am using it right there. I'm simply stating a fact. Like, the sky is blue. Today is Friday. Lester Freeman is the coolest character on the wire, and television is my best friend in this galaxy. Now, this isn't some woe is me, the world's cruel and unusual kind of thought process. I love my parents. Hi, mom and dad. Love my sister, little, or with her little son, Jake, and her husband, Nate, and my girlfriend. And I even have my second best friend's name tattooed on my shin. Shout out, John Smith. But since the age of three, I think I've spent more time in front of the glorious flickering box than with all those aforementioned loved ones combined. So, I mean, when it comes to dedication, it's more about how you allocate your time. So if you look at my time allocation, it's like I'm clearly, you know, I have a serious, serious relationship with my TV. And from learning letter, my letters and numbers uh, from Elmo and Big Bird to understanding spiritual philosophy at the altar of shows like Midnight Gospel, television has shaped, influenced, and inspired my life in ways no other medium or connection has. When I was a kid, like my biggest dream in life, I wasn't a very big dreamer, <laughs> was that somehow TV could be portable and constantly streaming so I could take it with me in my pocket. And about 16 years ago, that dream pretty much became a reality. And I've been dancing on the clouds ever since. It's just incredible. I just, I always saw those like little portable TVs that had the little bunny ears antennas. I was like, if we can only make it so it doesn't need like good reception, you know what I mean? So that you could, uh, you know, just watch whatever you want whenever you want. And now we got, you know, Netflix. Hulu Prime, 5G networking and whatnot. Uh, what I said Netflix, Prime, Hulu. What else have we got? Disney Plus, ESPN Plus. I mean, Xfinity has a streaming app, HBO Max, all that good stuff. So, like, I, I've kind of taken this to a screen, an extreme. Like, I have a freaking iPad kind of baby Bjorn to carry my stories with me. So, while I clean the house, I think it's meant for construction workers for, like, looking over plans while they're looking over a construction site. That's at least what Amazon Prime, you know, used it for. And I looked at the reviews that seemed like what it was. It was for work stuff. I'm like, nah, I just need to, I want to watch TV while I'm, you know, puttering around the house. So also I listen to Bluetooth audio of my favorite sitcoms while I take walks. Always fun. Best ones, if anyone's interested on just sheer auditory is Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The League, Parks and Rec, Justified because of Southern Accents, The Wire, The Office, The West Wing, any stand-up comedy special, except if someone's like really kind of 
uh, Flaley and Jim Carrey, like slapstick visual comedy. I think uh, like Eric Andre probably wouldn't be pretty good for that. Would be bad for that. Or uh, Seinfeld's really good. I get catharsis when I binge a series and get the full spectrum of emotions on a variety of topics. Like I can watch Zac Efron just bro out while saving the world on Down to Earth. That show's great, by the way. If you want to see a good show, watch Down to Earth. It's like, he's kind of stupid, but he's like okay with it and he's willing to learn. And, you know, he's just trying to get in tune with nature and trying to kind of save people and educate people on, you know, better ways to live. So I appreciate you, Zac Efron. Like, don't let people make fun of you. And also, We Are Your Friends, his uh, DJ movie, not as bad as people say it is. It's it's okay. It's <laughs> I enjoy it. I mean, I was part of that scene for a little bit, and I really I, I really appreciated it. He, it seemed like he took it seriously. So shout out Jack, Zac Efron. You're probably the most beautiful man under 30 right now. How old is he? 30? I can't tell. He looks like he's 25. He's going to look like he's 25 until he's 50. So, yeah, but he's just, he's just a good-looking dude who, you know, wanted to learn about nature. So cool. Good for him. Or if I want to switch speeds, I can contemplate time travel and the meaning of reality with a melancholy German tone by watching shows like Dark. I get motivated to work out by watching endless weight loss documentaries. Like, I think there's one called Fat Fiction. Uh, I'm trying to think. Fed Up is a really good one. What the Health. I've watched so many of them. They kind of just all blend together. Or uh, That Sugar Movie is really good. And, or I can watch like the newest season of Hard Knocks to get inspired. You know, it's NFL players just getting ready for the season. I'm like, yeah, I'm one of you. You know, I'm lifting weights while you're lifting weights, even though we might not be part of the same species because they're like the same height as me. And I'm not a small dude. And they're like 100 pounds heavier than me, but they're faster. They have less body fat and they could, you know, run through a wall. So I'm, I'm confused if it's like comparing grasshoppers to rhinos. It's like, it's not going to happen. I'm just a grasshopper. But like, I'm a, rhino-sized grasshopper compared to them. It's, it's very alarming, very confusing, but I don't think about it too much. So if there's any emotion I want to feel, there's at least a dozen programs or movies at my fingertips that I can instantly zap right into my brain. And, you know, that sounds sci-fi, but that's actually where we're at. So, like, let's say I want to feel emo and sad for a few hours. You know, everyone has a down day, and they want to misery loves company, and you don't want to call your friend and be like, I'm sad. And they're like, oh, why are you sad? And they're like, you know, rolling their eyes and like, I don't want to talk to you right now. So, you know, TV, TV is the ultimate. They're always going to listen to you. So I can like squeegee my emotions out while Requiem for a Dream or Ozark gives me kind of a spiritual enema. Little graphic, but you know, I thought it was appropriate. Uh, like kind of right in the comfort of my living room. And if it's too heavy for me, I can mouthwash with a light 11 minute cartoon network kind of positive thinking show. Like think uh, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, a regular show. If I had to rank them, I'd say Adventure Time first, Gravity Falls second, regular show third, Steven Universe fourth. I never really, I like Steven Universe, but it's not, everyone loves it so much and has tattoos of it. And, you know, maybe it just, it just doesn't do it for me in the same way as the other three do. I mean, Gravity Falls rocks, Adventure Time's all time, or regular show is really good. So, I mean, like I said, it's that easy. It's that accessible. I can just. Even thinking about it right then, thinking about Adventure Time just gives me some warm fuzzies. So I can watch character grow, characters grow during times of peril and personal growth, like in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Schitt's Creek. You know, just fun, pretty light, but like down to earth, real problems, it feels like. I mean, I know Schitt's Creek is kind of a far out, you know, rich people, fish out of water thing. But, you know, they have real emotions and real growth as people that you can relate to. Or I can watch deplorable acts of shame and deceit. I feel better about my own demons. I can watch BoJack Horseman, Mr. Robot, or Maniac and just feel like, okay, we're all terrible together. This feels good that, you know, humanity 
has the same dark side as I do. Cause we all have a side where we're like, Oh, I wish I didn't do that. So, you know, if I mean, Bojack Horseman, my God, I mean, the whole show is just, you're, I mean, you're laughing, but you're shuddering. Cause it's like, Oh, I can't believe you did that. You know, Bojack plus he's a horse. So it throws me and a cartoon. So it lines it up so they can make it darker. But I mean, the stuff he does is probably as dark as anything I've ever seen. And like inside the electric box of TV lies kind of billions of dollars of artwork created by visionary directors. I can look inside the mind of Scorsese. I can hang out with Tarantino. I can talk modern philosophy with Alice Gardner, Kerry Fukunawa, and Hiro Murai. I can learn from Spike Lee. I can try to understand David Lynch and a heavy emphasis on try and enjoy failing miserably because that dude lives on a camper on Venus with like 15 mermaid daughters. He is just so out there. I wonder if he even understands what he's putting on TV or putting in movies or he just I hear he's really into transcendental meditation and this is like TV and film are his expression, but like what is going on in his head? Cause some of it's like, it's like that really terrible, like voice being, being recorded in reverse kind of, it just, I mean, it gives you the shivers every time. It's just like, it's just very creepy. It's very strange, but I mean, it's oddly intoxicating. You got to watch everything David Lynch. I mean, even t- so, like when I back to TV, I, I think I'm getting I'm getting so excited when I like mention a director I, lo- I like. I'm like, oh, I need to talk about him a little bit more. And then I get off track, and then it's hard to get me back on the tracks. But like I said before, if I don't have a decent transition, just say it confidently. So I'm just gonna move on. Even like talking about the medium right now gets me all giddy. See, uh, I related back because I spent so much time with my electronic friend. By my mouth, I'm somewhere in the 75,000 to 85,000 hour range in my lifetime. And people are like, oh my God, that's like a lifetime. Why would you do that? You know, I wouldn't trade a second of it. I love it. It's the perfect, perfect, uh, it's just the perfect kind of friend for me. You know, I turn it on, I turn it off. I get whatever emotion I want. I get a, whatever relatable story or fantasy story where if I want to escape, it's just fantastic. I mean, let's say, you know, you get in arguments once in a while or you have a discussion with someone and you don't have the right comeback. Well, guess what? If you want to watch TV, you get the perfect verbal comebacks. You can only imagine in the shower and they're just on rapid fire display whenever you want. Like Gilmore Girls, Sex in the City, just this high level conversational dialogue that makes you wish you had a master's in English. You could talk like that. Not to mention, I mean, the visual and visceral joy of it all. There's something for everybody. Like for explosions, you can watch a Michael Bay movie. I recommend Bad Boys, uh, Six Underground, what else, Bad Boys 2, the first Transformers, none of the rest Transformers, those were terrible, and Armageddon, yeah, those are the ones. For murders, you can go on a Law & Order binge, I recommend Criminal Intent, I'm a Gorin and Eames guy, SVU's a little bit harder to swallow, but you know, you can get into it, you get into a mode. For mur- uh, for fist fights, you can do like Netflix MMA show, Kingdom, really fun show, or you can just watch a you can watch an actual fight. Just turn on ESPN and find a boxing match or find one of those 24 seven boxing match, uh, kind of documentaries. I find those fascinating. Like I don't like boxing really that much, but like the all inclusive documentary on how they live their lives. is just fascinating to me for gunplay, any John wick movie, you know, a Rambo, a predator, the show Banshee is pretty good. Like, I mean, there's a ton of gun stuff out there and for all, for all out kind of medieval weaponry battles, that set your skin on fire. Any episode of Vikings. Vikings is awesome. That's a, the History Channel spent like a billion dollars on that show. And I like it. And it's like somewhat based on truth too. So like these people actually existed. And I don't know why, but it just adds to the gravitas. You're like, yeah, this really happened. Like I really murdered that guy. Good, good. Plus Vikings were like, I mean, 
they thought it was a gift to die and go to Valhalla. I think that was their heaven, but you have, it's like honorable death. So that's why they killed everyone. Cause they didn't, they were like, Oh cool. This is my ticket to go to heaven. I'm just going to fight like a demon and fight like a demon. They did. And you have to do all this from the comfort of your comfy couch. And you can be a part of like world wars by watching movies like 1917 and zombie apocalypses by enjoying 28 days later or the walking dead. And I put enjoy lightly the walking dead. Like I can handle two, three episodes of the walking dead at a time. And I really enjoy it. But by the third or fourth episode, you're like, this is the same stuff and I'm done. You know, it's just too nihilistic. I think it's ending soon too. I wonder how it's going to end. I, I can't imagine it's going to be a happy ending. It's been so like sad the whole time. Or you can escape uh, from a maximum security prison and origin is the new black or a movie like shot collar shot collar, by the way, most underrated prison movie ever. So it's on Amazon. It's got, all the dudes you know, it's got Jamie Lannister from uh, Game of Thrones, and it's just this crazy prison movie. Highly recommend. And the best part is you can analyze how you can survive, how you would survive in these dire situations. You're like, okay, it's zombie apocalypse. What supplies would I get? Who would I hang out with? And, you know, uh, how long would I last? And for me, you know, it's not long. <laughs> it always makes me chuckle. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'd be in prison. I'd probably be cowering. So just don't get, don't get arrested. You know what I mean? Just, just avoid that situation. Avoid the zombie apocalypse. So if anyone feels like they're turning into a zombie, let me know so I can just buy a boat, go on the Pacific Ocean, and just hang out for a couple years and maybe get the supplies every five years, like flown in or something. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I, I'd be good at like finagling uh chaotic scenario but i need a little bit of prep time so if anyone's planning on creating a doomsday just let me know but uh like i said tv doesn't create hermit lifestyling like this is how i get my foot in the door when i'm befriending other living breathing human beings like i'm not just a shut-in you know just flicking through a channel but like rather than awkwardly talking about the weather with the stranger i just met i can have a lively discussion on whether the russian lived or died on the sopranos episode of pine barrens or whether Twin Peaks makes any sense. It doesn't, but it's great. Or was Nora lying at the end of The Leftovers? I want to say yes, but I mean, I don't know. That show made no sense, and it's confusing. And it'd be nice if she wasn't lying and that there was an actual... I won't ruin it for anyone, but I mean, that show's unruinable. It's just too weird. If you make it through the first season, good for you, because the second season and third season rule, but the first season is so sad and so hitting you over the head with a rock, literally, that I just... I gave up for like three, four years and had to go back for season two and three, which rock. So if I recommend, if you want to go see The Leftovers, you don't need to see season one, just watch the recap and then go two and three. But like no matter what background or upbringing or education you have, you can have a rousing discussion on television or film just by having two eyes, a mouth, and half a brain. And isn't that a wonderful gift? And I don't think you, maybe you don't need two eyes. I mean, I think people, I think deaf people watch TV. I don't know. I haven't talked to a deaf person about watching TV. How, I wonder what that's like. But I mean, I listen to, I Bluetooth listen to a bunch of TV, so it's probably the same thing. And it's just a connection point between you and the outside world. Like I can post a fan message, uh, I can post a message on like a fan message board about a show that ended 15 years ago and get 500 passionate, passionate responses within the hour. TV brings us all together as we collectively dream about characters and scenarios that never occurred in reality. And also side note, I mean, our connection to sports, football, basketball, hockey, tennis, you know, all that good stuff. It's pretty much the sports center stuff. That's what, you know, that's how I, well, one, watching the games, you know, I mean, I, I don't go to many actual live sporting events. I don't think everyone else does. I think predominantly everyone consumes their sports via TV. So that's another, you know, facet you're going to talk to a bunch of people about in your fantasy football drafts and whatnot. 
So, and also I love Sports Center. I mean, something about Sports Center anchors just cracking jokes. That's like how I fall asleep at night. It's just calming. Watch Gothman Pelt kind of just muse and do impressions. I can just doze off while he, you know, reviews how LeBron James played Game Three against the Rockets. It's good stuff for me. But like, what a what a fun world that this that TV has created. It's all at our fingertips at the push of a button. Like maybe I want to watch Lil Dicky freestyle for the Breakfast Club for the nine hundredth time, so I can get fired up for my workout. Or and like, there's a show for every emotion and every time restraint out there. You can binge seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy in two weeks and pine for a motorcycle gang life. Or you can have like a weekly dose of horror by watching an episode of Lovecraft County. It's the biggest friend, you know, the best friend, just biggest friend. I don't know why I said that. It's just a giant friend. (laughs) But no, it's the best friend. It's never judging. It's always there to kind of bring you up or sharing your sorrows. And when you decide you need some alone time, there's no drawn out goodbyes. There's no like awkward last conversation that lasts too long. Just a click and your friend is silent once again. So today I'm going to consume the new episodes of Ted Lasso, House of Wol- Raised by Wolves, and The Boys. So from my little ranch house in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I'm going to be transported to the English Premier Soccer League. I'm going to hang out with futuristic robots in a distant planet in the future, and like the fate of humanity is you know, in the balance. And I get to hang out with high-flying, building-crunching superheroes. Like, What more could you ask for for a friend? Like, I am personally rather content with my options for my best friend. Like, I just, lo- I just really like that TV's my best friend. And I'm joyful that we're so close. So I'm going to give my friend a big old hug and turn him on and see what he's doing today. Later. <laughs>